This Veritas episode contains material that may be disturbing and is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is strongly advised. I'd like to give you a preamble before we begin with this week's episode, which was recorded a few days before Jeffrey Epstein's apparent suicide and the latest mass shootings. The Manhattan prison, where Epstein allegedly died, is the same that until recently housed Mexican drug lord El Chapo Guzman. The surveillance equipment malfunctioned inside Epstein's cell. How convenient. Epstein was removed from suicide watch a few days before his death. Before the alleged suicide, Epstein was left alone and not closely monitored. The biggest fish in the pond is not monitored. Epstein's death was on 4chan before officials announced it. A user made a series of six posts beginning at 8.16 a.m. Saturday, around 40 minutes before news of the convicted pedophile's death broke. Quote, Don't ask me how I know, but Epstein died an hour ago from hanging, cardiac arrest. Screen kept this, unquote. The first post reads, Epstein allegedly committed suicide a day after a federal appeals court unsealed more than 2,000 pages of documents related to Epstein and his alleged procurer of underage girls, Ghislaine Maxwell. Maxwell's Wikipedia page temporarily showed her death date as August the 30th, 2019, before it was restored to her being alive. Although I wouldn't be surprised if she's suicided are concited or has an accident. Sources are claiming that someone in the British royal family has died. We may find out in a few days. Could it be Prince Andrew, who is also associated with Epstein and his debauchery? More fuel to the fire. You may know Dr. Michael Batten, the celebrity pathologist. Batten was hired by Epstein's representatives to independently observe his autopsy. During his decades-long career, Batten has investigated the assassinations of President John F. Kennedy and Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. The ears and nose of the body shown to the media do not match Epstein's. Former CIA officer and veteran of this program, Robert David Steele, speculates Epstein is probably already in Israel undergoing plastic surgery. Here's a tweet from a former Las Vegas chief of police. Epstein and prosecutors have reached a plea agreement, part of which was faked death, new identity, and taken to an undisclosed location to fully cooperate with investigators. Cabal quaking in their boots. I know this because of my confidential source, who I trust, is very reliable. The latest shootings were false flags, done as a distraction. Many more false flags coming, unquote. One last thing I'd like to share with you. This is a message posted anonymously. Obviously, We cannot corroborate this information at this time, but we'll share it with you for your consideration. It's timestamped 7.44 a.m. on August the 10th, 2019. Quote, Not saying anything after this, please do not try to dox me. But last night after 04.15, count, they took him medical in a wheelchair, front cuffed, but not one triage nurse says they spoke to him. Next thing we know, a trip van shows up. We don't do releases on the weekends unless a judge orders it. Next thing we know, he's put in a single man cell and hangs himself. Here's the thing. The trip van did not sign in and we did not record the plate number 
but a guy in a green dress military outfit was in the back of the van, according to the tower guy, who led him through the gate. You guys, I am shaking right now, but I think they switched him out, unquote. Most everyone in our parapolitical world saw this coming, and you will hear predictions in tonight's interview, even though, once again, it was recorded days before his apparent death. I don't know how far this case will go on, or if it will be overshadowed by another false flag. There's so much more that's coming through, but that's all I'll share for now. One last reminder, most of the disturbing information on this interview is on part two. Let's begin. The questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight we have chosen someone else who is in the crosshairs of the deep state, and specifically the digital dictatorship. A few conference rooms in Silicon Valley are now dictating our online culture. Like Veritas, he has been censored for telling the truth. We've all heard George Orwell's famous quote, In a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. In fact, lately, telling the truth renders you a racist a revolutionary, subversive, and even a terrorist. There is freedom of speech, as long as what you say doesn't offend or hurt someone else's feelings. Is that truly freedom of speech? Remember this. First, they came for independent media. Then, they will come for independent thinkers. And that is you. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas. And if you're new to the Veritas family, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, just click on the subscribe button. And don't forget to visit the Veritas store for MMS, hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, and much more. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. Tonight's special guest is Ryan Dawson, a historian from the College of William and Mary with 20 years of political activism in a variety of mediums, blogging, radio, book, film, and television. Ryan has appeared multiple times on numerous international radio and TV platforms. He is the webmaster and host for ANCReport.com, which features podcasts on politics and economics with professionals from around the world. He's also an author and has some of the titles of his books, Welcome to the USSA, the separation of business and state, and why peace. And directly from Osaka, Japan, I'd like to welcome Ryan Dawson. Hello, Ryan, and welcome to Veritas. Thank you. That was a very nice intro. Why peace? I'm a co-author on that Smart Goodman's book, but a chapter in it is mine. That's fine. And are you in Osaka? Yes, I am. Okay. It's really early where you are. We just had the G20 here a few months ago. That's right. By the way... I heard you say that uh, things are heating up between South Korea and Japan. What do you mean by that? Well, first, I just want to tell everybody we had to take people off of Fukushima cleanup and divert them to uh, where John Bolton was staying to get up, get rid of the stench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this still there? The sulfur smell still around? Yeah, I mean, it, it's similar to John McCain. He never came here, but... Uh, Yes, yeah, disgusting. He was run out of town. And what's interesting is when uh, 
Trump visited North Korea right after G20 and had that famous photo op in the DMZ. Yeah. Uh, Bolton was furious because, and the New York Times even reported this, which, you know, I w- that's the most shocking thing <laughs> that a mainstream paper would say this, but Bolton was livid because he'd been left out of the loop. They're talking about a, uh, a nuclear freeze and, and not raising the bar as high as they had in the past. And Bolton said, there's no plan like that. I haven't been informed of this. And everyone was laughing because like, yeah, you haven't. North Korea called John Bolton the defective human product. And so apparently he's been left out of the loop because they know just nothing will ever be good enough for Bolton. He's a uh, neocon whipping boy. Yeah. I could never understand how Trump, who did not agree with the Iraq war, hires one of the architects of the Iraq war, John Bolton. Why do you think that is? Because Sheldon Adelson paid for it. It was on the same day he gave a pardon to Louis Libby. And by the way, folks, if you don't know who Sheldon Adelson is, all you have to do is take a look at before elections. If you're not blessed by Sheldon Adelson, he owns pretty much Las Vegas. I mean, he's just one of these uh, Zog billionaires. And uh, he also has good relations with the Kushners, who Trump is is now related to through marriage. Charles Kushner is another one of these Zog billionaires who went to prison for uh, campaign finance tampering, witness tampering, and setting honey traps. One of his targets was the governor of uh, New Jersey, Governor McGreevy. It's very important for them to control the uh, governor of New Jersey because that's who appoints the chairman of the Port Authority, uh, which owned the uh, property involved in 9-11. But the Port Authority also is responsible for lucrative state contracts for construction in New York and New Jersey. They they run all the ports, the airports, the seaports, uh, which is what allows them to have uh, the 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 warehouses and, and property necessary to import illegal narcotics. You gotta have a base of operations. And so it's very, very important to control the chairmanship of the PA, which is now run by the former president of APAC. The largest Israeli lobby, and through that money, then they're able to then recycle portions of it back on bribes to continue to run the PA and to get these lucrative contracts and get uh, a lot of money, which is used uh, on the federal level uh, through APAC and other Israeli first organizations like United Israel Appeal into uh, lobbying the Congress to do the same gamut they do on the state level and the federal level. And ensure that America will subsidize uh, Israeli snipers shooting Palestinian children and annexing land and causing conflict in the Middle East. So it, this this is a family, the Kushners, that had uh, – I'm going to answer your Korea question in a second. But this is a family that had Netanyahu sleep in uh, Jared Kushner's bed. Very tight relationship with the prime minister of Israel. And they've made Jared Kushner, Charles's son, the, the head of the uh, the so-called peace plan peace process, in the Middle yeah. East. Yeah, a piece. Piece is spelled wrong. It's like a piece here, a piece there going to Israel. But as far as uh, kind of unrelated, but as far as South Korea and Japan go, I don't think that's really hit the radar yet. Maybe it will today, but things are really heating up between uh, these two nations. It's really silly. It's, you know, one good thing about President Moon of South Korea is he was elected as the sunshine president. He's good on North Korea as far as um, 
extending an olive branch and looking at at ways to maintain peace and to and not have this all or nothing attitude like accept every single one of our demands or or nothing changes they're willing to go in steps as a process for denuclearization of the north in exchange for uh, sanction relief and cooperative economic zones, etc. The bad side of Moon is he's a little bit, I don't want to say SJW, because they're not so extreme as like giving hormones to six-year-olds or anything, but he's part of this clique in South Korea that's always demanding that Japan apologize for World War II, which they've done two million times. Um but it's never enough. And there's always going to be some right-wing nuts in Japan, like anywhere, that are like, what comfort women? And, you know, just deny everything. And But what South Korea has been pushing for recently is they want Mitsubishi. You know, Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi's a bank as well. It's not just a tech sure. company. They want them to pay for laborers that were used in World War II who were either underpaid or basically not paid, almost slaves. Um, but the Japanese government is refusing to make them do that because it's been 75 years and uh, Japan already paid a lump sum to the South Korean government for for World War II atrocities, which was up to them to spend on whatever. And that money's been spent and Japan says we're not doing that uh because it is a kind of unrealistic demand i mean there's no doubt that japan annexed korea for 40 years and committed horrible atrocities imperial army did in china and both koreas but that was settled uh after world war ii i mean japan was punished severely had its cities nuked firebombed 22 other cities they were in no position to pay for anything and still did and so the 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 thing is that... The Excuse my interruption for a second, but you mentioned that nuke. And I've always had a hard time with that part. I, firebombed, yes. But how is it that Hiroshima and Nagasaki are thriving cities shortly after World War II? Were they really nuked or were they firebombed? And they're using the word nuke to scare the world. No, they were nuked. Uh, those things were eviscerated. The propaganda about nuclear weapons is not as everything you know here about nuclear technology and bombs is a little bit of chicken little. Like nukes, that's what nuke, I mean. Yeah, they can evaporate a city and all, and radiation poison is a real thing. But this nuclear winter scenario and oh, nothing will ever grow there again. Uh, none of that's true. Um, it's they rebuilt them because the Japanese the, re, the same way they rebuilt all the cities that were firebombed as well. I mean, they, they kept the wartime economy during peacetime. They developed the Zaibatsu system. And Japan, uh, like Germany, has a really solid work ethic and, and culture that's conducive to success in those areas. And so there, I think some of the last survivors of the radiation poison died around 2006 or so. Uh, there may be a few stragglers, but... Uh, by and large, the people that are in Hiroshima now aren't the ones that were there before. They're people that moved in to the area afterward. Um, same with Nagoya, same with uh, Nagasaki. Now, Nagoya was not nuked, but... Why do you think that Korea, or South Korea rather, is overtaking Japan in a lot of the their technology prowess these days? 
Well, I mean, so it's it would be amazing for Japan to just stay on top in every sector forever. South Korea has adopted the same sort of free market capitalism as Japan, and they're a very intelligent uh, society with their own strict work ethic, and they've been able to to do very well in niche areas. I'd say they're still pretty far behind in automotive industry, like Japan, Toyota and, and a lot of Japanese companies are just still head and shoulders above Korea and probably anyone else. Uh, ISIS sure likes that Toyota Hilux. You know, it's proven to be a very uh, durable pickup truck. You know? And uh, and in cameras and things. <laughs> Which but we buy, South right? Korea's done, <laughs> South Korea's done very well in the cell phone market. And, uh, and, and part of that is because of English. Uh, they're able to flip their products, like, like things like cell phones, uh, into having English text and stuff a lot faster than the Japanese. And that's part of the reason. And Samsung and there, there are niche industries in Korea that have always never been bad. They've just always been in the shadow of Japan with the, the Sony and Panasonic and all. They really missed the boat on, on a lot of tech. I mean, Sony was the pioneer of the Walkman. Right. For the Generation X and older, I'll remember, uh, and probably everybody had that little yellow Walkman in the 80s or whatever. But uh, when it went digital, it was uh, Apple that grabbed the uh, the iPad, I think it was called, or iPod, whatever. The iPod. With MP3s. And, and Sony sort of uh, missed the boat there. Japan has been focusing more into, like Sharp, for example, they make 50% of all solar panels in the world. And so they've been looking into green energy because Japan is always playing the long game. Uh, that's Asia in general, I guess. But And so uh, they've been slipping a little bit. They, Sony and, and some of these other companies, too, have been building uh, like refrigerators and things that are doing well domestically within Japan. Um, but uh, they've got a lot of competition from South Korea for... Uh, flat screen TVs, phones, and so on. Uh, another thing that hurt Japan is they, they were actually ahead in the cell phone market, helped invent the cell phone, in fact, and fell behind because Docomo and a lot of their companies, Japan played a gamble to dominate the market in India. And then the down there, they just pirate everything and, and um, just ignore copyright law and build the phones that Japan made reverse engineered and then didn't pay them. So they lost huge on that. In China, the same thing. They just ignore copyright law. They're very bad at innovation because there's no motivation to do it because they know your intellectual property won't be protected. Uh, But they're very good at being parasitic to someone else and taking their tech in in everything, not just tech. I mean, China's got a Chinese Mickey Mouse, a a Chinese Super Mario, a Chinese Pikachu, and they don't pay any royalties on anything. I was going to say that we're going to talk about China in a moment, but I remember in the early 2000s when flat screens really came out, it was Panasonic, it was Sony, and then all of a sudden, Samsung and LG basically just took over the market. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd still put Japan at number two. I mean, it's not like they suck. It's just South Korea is, uh, they, you know, a lot, you know, part of it too is um, when Korea was struggling, uh, Japan hired out to South Koreans. So it might have been a Japanese company, but there were a lot of South Koreans working there and as apprenticeship style, and they took that knowledge home, and now they're surpassing in that area. They're also doing very well in South Korea, is very well in cosmetics, and uh, 
starting to starting to catch Japan in some like um, in Meiji chocolate. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.